Welcome back to Clone Dance Party. This is Season 3, Episode 5, Scarred by Many Past Frustrations. In this episode, Sarah gets reunited with Meathead, Helena needs a new imaginary friend, Cosima has a thing for smart blondes, and the caster clones are literally poisonous dicks. <laughs> I'm Liz. I'm Janice. I'm Lynette. I'm Ginger. Hi, Ginger. Hi, Welcome Ginger. to the podcast. Hi. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to be here. And, <laughs> and so tell us how you got started watching Orphan Black. Well, I just, I'm on Tumblr, have been for three years, and just all of a sudden, you know, I thought I was going to start watching it when uh, it first aired because I had BBC America and I was going to watch it after Doctor Who. But that same week, my mom canceled that subscription, so I couldn't get BBC America anymore. So I thought, I'll just... I'll wait a while. Maybe it'll hit Netflix. And then it just ended up being a bigger thing. And I got into it because I had to watch it after I saw everybody talking about it on Tumblr. <laughs> That's basically Well, actually, it. you talking about it on Tumblr all the time is what got <laughs> me to go ahead and watch it. Awesome. So I'm, I'm really glad to finally have you on the podcast since you are the reason I started watching. Um, and so... Uh, what got you listening to the podcast? Well, I had intended to start listening to it when you first came out with it, but it has been so hard for me to get a reliable internet connection. And then a few weeks ago, I started actually listening to it, and it, it's just, it's, it's a good podcast. <laughs> you guys are great. Thank you. We think Thank so. you. We were well, we were well trained. <laughs> we were. <laughs> All right, so as um, we're all newbies, what did everybody think of this episode? Wow. <laughs> okay, don't, don't all start at once. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll start if you want. I mean, I thought there okay. was a lot of really great stuff about this episode, but I'm getting, I am getting a little bit tired, you know, of Helena getting beaten up and Sarah getting beaten up and, you know, these, these people who, whether you think of them as people or, or clones or DNA samples or ge genomes, you should be taking better care of them. And it's all getting a little bit, a little bit annoying. Yeah, I kind of like, I, I like the episode for the most part, but I don't know, the Helena leaving Sarah behind kind of bothered me a little bit. Like, I don't know when she started doubting Sarah, really. I don't know. I mean, it sort of makes sense with her personality because I sort of have the same kind of, post-traumatic stress thing that she does in a sort of similar way and I understand that it would be really hard to trust that somebody is really going to be there and it it makes a lot of sense for their character but at the same time I would have liked to see her and Sarah really working together more <laughs> yeah I agree with that um having them not be together was really frustrating I didn't think that Helena fell for uh, Dr. Cody's bullshit so thoroughly. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's uh, Pupuk's fault that she did, which um, that scorpion has to go now. Yep. Yeah. Nope. So do we uh, can, do we want to have a discussion now or later about the scorpion? Oh, we can do it now. Okay. Um, you know, so, I mean, basic stuff like uh, what, why is it a scorpion? How long do we think it's been in her head? Um did anyone think when the scorpion went out of Helena's room and looked at, if you, 
knew the previews, you knew that you seemed that seemed that Sarah was there too. Anyone think that Scorpion was going to talk to Sarah? Yeah, I did. I did. Sarah, yeah. I I thought thought that might. I thought that was a possibility. Yeah. So, uh, comic book spoiler. Comic book spoiler. According to the comics, uh, Pupak has always been there. When she used to get crated and boxed by the Polytheans when she was younger, Pupak was her imaginary friend that helped her out in her greatest times of stress. But do we know well, why it's a scorpion? Yeah, because that, that, it's Helena. No. Well, <laughs> I mean, okay, see, you know, the the scorpion makes sense where she is now because it's this hot, deserty place. Ukraine, not so much. <laughs> yeah. She might have just seen the scorpion and kind of thought, you know, this kind of prickly, hard exterior little creature, it's it's kind of a lot like how she is. And she might have identified with that creature just knowing about it from some other thing, like maybe a book or something. I mean, there are scorpions in Europe. So, I mean... There very easily could have been scorpions around where she was, and they very easily could have been used for torture. I don't put anything past the Prolethians, especially the Old World Prolethians. <laughs> old World Prolethians kind of scare me a lot more than Prolethians here. Yeah, than the... Yeah. Well, I don't know. Someone, someone coming at me with some animal husbandry stuff is a little frightening. I mean, yeah, I was a lot frightened by the Prolethians here, but I just think, you know... Old world anything is more hardcore. So what are they doing? Are they going to make a comeback at some point? You know, I'm yeah, that ready. is kind of terrifying. <laughs> um, although I did like Pupuk when Helena started to self harm again. Yes, and he called her out on that. Like that's not going to help. Put that shit down. Yeah, like, I, did, I did like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't like Pupuk be at all, oh, Sarah's going to turn you in. Sarah doesn't love you. Like, no, 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 shush. Shush. Sestra loves her. Pupak sort of all Helena's best interest. Like, yeah. Helena is that voice in her head that is self-preservation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I... Pupak. Yeah, you have to <laughs> moment, Scorpion, but I don't know. Um, so... Well, we're talking about the Scorpion and Helena and Sarah, so let's just keep talking about them. Um, what do you think about Sarah's story about why she left Kira with Siobhan? It, or how Siobhan got Kira, <laughs> rather? It my heart a lot. I, oh. I love Sarah and I love Kira, and I, I understand why she would have freaked out being a young mother by herself and not having, I mean, that's a lot of responsibility for Sarah. Just Definitely. The way that she grew up, just she would have freaked out. I absolutely believe it. Definitely. Um, and I'm glad that Siobhan was there to help take care of Kira. Because mm-hmm. I love Siobhan. I love Siobhan. I know there's still something shady going on with her, but I just really love her. Well, you know, I, I have a thing for shady characters that, you know, I'm a Adele DeWitt person all the way, so... <laughs> yeah you gotta love the shady Brits yeah <laughs> um, so Helena's plan did you guys think it would have worked with two of them trying to escape 
I don't know that it would have. Like, it, at the same time, I really wanted her to try to, to try at least to get Sarah out. But, you know, it's harder for two people to be running around. And Helene is the more skilled one. Like, Sarah, I feel like, would have just bumbled around a little bit. Yeah, I don't think Sarah would have been able to scale the wall and do all that kind of stuff. I mean, Sarah's stronger than she should be, but she's not... She's not trained. Yeah, she's not trained assassin. Which I was really glad that they used the trained assassin bit for Helena in this episode. It was good to see her actually, you know, acting like a trained assassin. Yes, I agree with that. Um... I will say that I thought it was hilarious when Helena was trying to uh, crawl through the hole in the door because all I was thinking was Tatiana's Maslany's hips are not that slender. <laughs> I don't know why you guys think this is going to work. <laughs> uh, so I'm pretty sure that had to have been the body double because the body double is a little bit more slender. <laughs> Actually, I had a different thought. I had thought I was thinking, well, this will work for Helena now because her hips haven't changed because of pregnancy. But this will not work for for uh, Sarah. Too much longer. Yeah. 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 Um, I was so, a little bit surprised that she didn't that she didn't help Sarah break out. I wasn't surprised because she talks. You know, she says, "Okay, you can be my sandwich. I eat yeah. you." And that sounds yeah. like someone. You know, you break out with someone, and that person you try and make it. You know, either, you know, you're running faster than that person and that's the person they catch or you. What I thought she might do was like break Sarah out, but then Sarah sends Sarah in a different direction and then have make it so that everyone went after Sarah and then Helena could escape. I was a little surprised. I mean, it seemed to me like she didn't make use of that. But I think that she didn't do that because if they if. Even though she was really mad at Sarah, and I do think she left her out of anger, I think she also left her because if Sarah got caught, it would have been way worse. And I don't think Helena believes that Sarah could withstand what Helena's been through, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and I mean, on the one hand, yeah, it makes sense, although I, I think just Sarah being in that cell is going to be bad enough. Um, because, you know, there's another, exactly. there's another thing that... Um, you know, that, that that Cody says, you know, Helena's been institutionalized all her life. She's going to be fine in here. And it's almost like portentous, like, oh, you know, this is going to be rough on Sarah. She hasn't been in, in a situation yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure how much worse. I mean, they could certainly make it worse for Sarah. But I just don't think they need to. I think just being in a locked in a cell like that's going to be horrible. Exactly. But if Sarah had escaped and been caught. I think the torture would have been a lot worse. Mm. And I don't think Sarah would have been able to handle it right. nearly the way Helena has because Helena grew up being tortured. Right. Yeah. But I'm, you know, yes, you're absolutely right. I'm still not sure why they're doing this. Why they're torturing these people. You need their yeah. DNA. Okay. Get their DNA. What? You know, take they're their not. DNA. Take their DNA. Yeah, rip out some hair. It's fine. Right. Go away. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, but, you know, not completely, um, addressing their wounds um that's just ridiculous especially especially with helena being pregnant yeah i mean did he really did he really have to smash her in the face no yeah exactly i mean they they should be taking better care of helena if you know kira was the end goal getting kira was the end goal um a little kira is about you know could be happening soon like take care of helena so that she gives birth to the best possible outcome. Right. 
when they were so I, torturing Helena initially when they were doing the um, waterboarding, I remember um, they said that it was a stress test, and I think that they're still doing that, trying to see how far the, the clones can go without breaking or having some kind of defect. But at the same time, yeah, stop torturing Helena. And well, and they, they broke in and said, wait, she's pregnant, stop. Yeah. At that they point, haven't been yeah. taking care of her since then. They should have yeah. treated better after finding out that she was pregnant. Yeah. So hmm. that just, that whole thing has just been really, like... I don't know, maybe it's a controlled group thing, you know? One of them is supposed to be treated better than the other one while they test to see which way the other one's going to go. Yeah. I, I definitely believe that's how the boys were raised. Yeah. And I believe that's why Mark is a lot more level-headed and was able to see the world differently than the way... Um, Rudy sees it, and that's why Rudy is all Rudy. Um, <laughs> and Mark is actually sad about Gracie and was actually able to create relationships with these people outside of the Castor compound uh, because Speaking he was... That, though, like the whole thing with uh, the new disease thing that's popping up on on these women yeah. that the Castor boys have been with. Yeah, the, the poison dick syndrome? <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to call it clone AIDS, but... Clone AIDS? So. There yeah. we go. I don't know. Uh, well, clone I mean, they get it through sexual intercourse, and that's one one of the... Mm-hmm. Clone TDs? Yeah. C- uh, <laughs> yeah, CTD. <laughs> um, and I... So, that's that's what made Gracie miscarry, right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I I know that Nutty had said that creepy blind guy from last episode, um, whose name is eerily similar to Joe Hansen. It was Apple Hansen or something. <laughs> um, yeah. That he did something to her. But I think it was uh, the tiny little marks swimming around <laughs> that, that caused that problem. And Which is interesting... In, in the way that it's another thing that affects the um, virility and sort of, you know, ability to conceive in a way right. that's different than how the female clones presents. But it's also similar because if the caster, if the caster DNA uh, and ejaculate is literally poisoning the uteruses, it's actually kind of similar as yes. the Lita girls seem to have poisoned uteruses. So that's kind of creepy. It's the way that they are keeping them specifically from procreating. And it makes sense that this would be something they transmit to the other women and that the leader girls would keep it to themselves. Right. Like, I mean, if the, if they couldn't chemically castrate the boys from puberty, you know, from, uh, fetally from, from creation, from inception, then uh, easily they grew up in the military they easily could have um, done something at puberty where they said, you know, okay, now we have to go in and part of you hitting puberty is um, a vasectomy. You know what I mean? But not calling it that. Just this is, you know, strength training or, you know what I mean, a rite of passage or whatever. And they all get snipped. But no, we decide, we decide to turn these crazy super soldiers into poison. <laughs> Which is well, kind of like, think about it, these other, these other uh, caster boys, they're thinking, you know, that's probably what they're taking the sampling from, from these women that they're sleeping with, because they 
know that this is happening, but if Mark is sleeping with Lacey, and that, that kind of makes him even more of an asshole if he's doing that knowingly. I'm not sure that he knew. You know what? I do think he knew because he did not want to sleep with her. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. And we and right. we were all like, hey, give your new wife some, you know? <laughs> but Or at least I was like that. <laughs> but It was definitely he, you, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine. It was just me. But... Um, you know, Gracie was really pressuring him and he didn't want to. And he looked really sad during the whole conversation with Cody. Oh, I had to do what I had to do to protect my cover. And I had to do what I had to do to protect my cover. And it wasn't real. And Castor is my home and blah, 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 blah. But when she asked if he consummated it, he looked regretful. And I don't think it was just because maybe he made mom upset. I think it was because he knows that now Gracie is out there alone somewhere going through this. You didn't think it was because he cared about Gracie? Yes. Oh, I mean, no, I mean, cared like, like he was sorry that the relationship was over. Yes. No, I believe that he actually really cares for Gracie. Okay. Um, and I also think it's really interesting that that was Mark's first entry in his little black book, which leads more credence to Mark knowing that this was a thing and refusing to inflict it on other people. Mm. Whereas Rudy has a book full and Parsons had a book full of names and hair clippings and genetic material to test to see compatibility or cure or creepy scientists just want everybody's DNA or (laughs) whatever it is. Um, and do they take down their information so that if they don't get sick and die, they can go back and finish the job? No, harvest oh, okay. the baby. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> that's always my favorite word, harvest. Because <laughs> I think that's I think that's applicable for this situation. Or is it? Because I can't believe that Cody is taking these books and reading them and sending out vials of cure to these women. Like, I just don't see them taking care of these women that they've made ill. So the only thing I can think of is to keep track of them to see if they don't die, then going back and using them for broodmares. Yes, that's what I kind of thought. I just Janice, I think it's, what do you guys think? Um, I, I, well, I don't know. That, they don't seem to have any broodmares yet, so I'm assuming that nobody has... Everyone has gotten this. So, but do you do you think it's deadly? No, I don't. Although I worry about it being making you sterile. I mean, if it doesn't okay. work, I, yeah, I was wondering whether it, it made them sterile. Okay. Um, I just feel so bad for Gracie. Oh yeah. Yeah, I do you know, too. I think, I think it's kind of interesting right now. I'm just. I'm doing a Buffy rewatch and I just got past Angel losing his soul <laughs> the first time. And um the I first time. <laughs> the first time uh, this show I swear. It's just all this, you know, stuff about sexuality and kind of, you know, not demonizing it really, but you know, having that sort of narrative of, you know, this is sort of the societal expectation that having sex will either change you or 
hurt you in some way. And I think it's an interesting point of view that these writers are going in. I agree. But so far, they haven't been that way with Sarah and Kasima. Exactly. Because Sarah's been with, um, well, we assume she was with Vic in that way. Um, though we never see any great love between them, but she's like that with Paul, both before he knows who she is and after. She's like that the first time she sees Cal again. Um, and other than, you slept with Beth's boyfriend? There's (laughs) never, there's never any, um, shame put on her. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what reminded me of Buffy, just, after we find out why Angel loses his soul and Giles tells Buffy, you know, I'm not going to shame you for this. You, you did something, you know, and it's not yeah. a bad thing. I just, I, I feel like it's sort of putting a mirror up to how, you know, we view sexuality and how sometimes we're terrible people about it without saying or condemning it in any way. Right. But I think that it's interesting with the boys promiscuity. Yeah, taking exactly. it. they're taking it more of the double standard where it's normally the women who get the, you know, the bad rap about being sexually promiscuous and all of that. But with the guys, you know, first we see them, you know, we see uh, Rudy and Seth keeping a log and we're like, ew, gross little black book. But now we see that it's dangerous and all of this for the guys. Yeah. It's dangerous for the guys to be doing it. And it's, I like that flip. Yeah. Which well, we don't wait. It's not. We don't know that it's dangerous for the guys to be doing it. Yes, it is. It's is it making other people sick? But it's not that dangerous for them. Who cares about them at this point? Well, I'm just pointing yeah. out. I mean, it's. It, 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 I mean, I, my point was, if you're commenting on the societal expectations, it's not making them sick. It's making the women sick. I mean, it's the same thing. Isn't it? I mean, the women are getting sick, not the men. Yeah, they're still... The women maybe are I, maybe still, I misunderstood yeah. what you're talking about. No, you're, you're making a really good point. Um, the women still have the consequences. It's just... Yes, yes. Yeah. It's just putting more of the yes. blame on the men. Yeah, and, and, it's okay. not, and it's not our girls suffering the consequences of a promiscuous life. Okay. Like, Sarah's never shamed or degraded for being promiscuous. Kasima is only you know, taken to task because she's sleeping with her monitor when everybody else is proving that that's probably not the best idea. But it's never, it's about her monitor and not her being sexually active. Uh-huh. Okay. Like, you shouldn't sleep with this person you just met. It's, you know exactly who she is and you should not be going into an intimate relationship with your monitor. Okay, you're in an intimate relationship with her, fine, we're fine. You know, even though Felix Unless is always kind of... Cage. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Felix, who's always slightly bitter about Delphine. But um, in tonight, in this episode, Cosima goes with goes on a date, and you know Felix and Mrs. S are kind of like, ooh, you know, it's not a. I mean, Sapphire is a hookup site. It's 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 Tinder, Grinder, whatever. Well, if you think of so, Felix, also like he's a gay prostitute. Like he's not going to have any real sexual biases or anything. Right. And, and Felix is never shamed. It's never a bad thing that that's what Felix does. Everybody's just kind of like, okay, Felix. Yeah. Like even art doesn't say anything other than really. 
all right. And more guy? Okay. You know, like it's never, it's never a big thing. And so I really, I really like that about the show, but I like that they are bringing, that they're kind of flipping the consequence, even though it's the same. Like they're, they're playing with the standards a little bit with the caster okay. boys being poisonous. Okay. Um, and did anybody else think for just a brief second that when a woman in sunglasses got into Art's car, it was going to be DeAngelis? Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't think Because for just a split second, I was like, I thought she wasn't in this season. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, it's not. It's the other girl. <laughs> Do we think we're ever going to bring DeAngelis into Clone Club or fill her in at all? Um... Because I'm really a horrible person and I really dislike that character. I hope that in like the last episode, when everything is like settled and like happy endings and shit are happening for all of our clones, and we find out that DeAngelis has been trying to figure this shit out all this time, and she's like not on the police force anymore, and she's absolutely lost her mind. And then Sarah and Art are like, yeah, totally clones. And she just, like, screams, and that's the end. That is dark. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the Angelus. <laughs> that is some weed and shit right there. Well, I am a fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't care if we ever see the Angelus again. Um, but that's just me, because I am. Kind of indifferent to DeAngelis. Like, I dislike a lot of the things that she does, but I don't really have a care one way or the other. Uh, yet my husband seriously doesn't like her. <laughs> we're, we're about halfway su- through season two, and um, every time she comes on the screen, he's like, I am done with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we just did the, the episode where DeAngelis is trying to talk to Allison. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and she- and she's she's trying to be like the soccer mom, but she sounds like a really bitchy high school cheerleader. And I'm sorry for that stereotype, but it's applicable for what I'm going for here. I'm like the head tilts and like, oh my god. I just I and saw the, her in the preview for the episode before that, and I was like, oh god, if she talks to Allison and like leads her on, tries to pretend like she's her friend, and Allison falls for that, it's gonna break my heart, and I'm gonna hate this character because <laughs> I just I can't stand to see Allison get hurt by more people. I'm I'm tired of all of the Lita girls getting hurt, quite frankly. Yeah. That just needs to end. They just need to, I don't know what needs to happen, but something needs to happen. And this all needs to be wrapped up and they need to all like have a ton of money and houses with pretty gardens and swimming pools (laughs) where, I don't know. Yeah. And just have picnics together all the time. Yeah. And be happy. I and want feel like especially for them to have Helena just be accepted by everybody and everybody to love Helena because she needs that. She really needs her sisters. She really does. I agree. And what were you going to say about Felix, Janice? Oh, I was going to say Felix needs to get his hair cut back. Yes. Yeah, he needs <laughs> to let his hair grow. Oh, so my some, God. So so, what is wrong with him doing that to his hair? He looks like <laughs> Dutch boy or something. I don't know. Yes, <laughs> yes. He really I'm I'm wondering if Jordan isn't filming something else or didn't have to film something else between seasons. Right. And they yeah. had him cut his hair. Yeah. Well it could be, but it's really That's awful. Right. <laughs> Why would you do that? Or it could be that they're trying to make his character more serious and slightly less 
assless chaps flamboyant. So they're delphine uh, him? Yeah. Yes. That's what I think. I think it, it's not that it's a really awful haircut. It's just not flamboyant Felix. It's more, right. yeah. you know, schoolboy school Felix. And right. I don't think they should be doing that. No. Yeah. Um, so our favorite banished redheaded stepchild shows up on Art's doorstep. Gracie. And Sarah Manning said, if I ever get into trouble, I should come to you. And he's just like, I don't have time for more of this. (laughs) (laughs) But anytime we get a little Art in an episode makes me happy. I'm feeling like at this point, Art probably saw Gracie and just thought, Okay, I'm gonna have to look really closely at this one. Is this another clone? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, is this one color its hair? What's happening here? Like at that point, I, I feel like Art would have been on the street just to be like, okay, everybody is probably a clone. Like, I you just feel like <laughs> I feel like that's how the internet feels. I was reading something about the show, and like in the comments, they were talking about how uh, they felt like Kasima had more chemistry with uh bobby the bartender yeah and someone was like someone was like oh my god uh the bartender looks like a blonde kasima and then everyone was like check the roll call is it tatiana again is it another quote is she just playing everybody now so i'm pretty sure that all of the internet feels the way that art feels which is she is everywhere yeah my kind of rule is that it's Everyone is Tatiana Maslany until proven to be Jordan Gavaris or Ebro. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Even um, in real life, like, I just can't tell anymore. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of trouble for me because I am planning to actually move to Canada in two years and start working in TV, and I'm not going to get any jobs anymore. Tat's just going to be everywhere. True. She is just going to be running things. And she's producing uh, now, so, I mean. <laughs> I know. Right. She's just going to be running Canada. New prime minister. <laughs> there we go. I like it. How Tatiana about for prime president minister. of the United States? I don't care if she wasn't born here. Tat for president. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Gracie, and she says she's not Prolethean anymore. And so Art's like, meh, if you're not religious anymore, I'll dump you on the heathen's doorstep. <laughs> hey, Siobhan, got room for another strike? Hey, going to work now. Bye. Because Art actually has a job that he has to do. It's just so inconvenient putting Art out. And Siobhan's just like, oh, another chicken. Take care of. I can do this. And Felix is just like. I feel like, you know, Siobhan needs to have another chicken to take care of. Like, she doesn't have Sarah living with her. She doesn't have Felix living with her. She doesn't have Kira anymore. It's just she needs somebody to. Yeah, she there. There's a reason she was the person that all the kids went to. She was. There's a reason she was the safe house. All of her chickens have flown the coop. And so, yeah, exactly. And so now we see her getting a new little chicklet. And I Felix, the chickens don't fly. It makes sense. Fine. Um, and then we get Felix not wanting another sister because mm-hmm. he's already crazily outnumbered. With all of the ones who look like Sarah. And now there's this new one. And also a distrust because Prolethean. Yes. At this point, I mean, he doesn't trust Delphine. He doesn't trust anybody except for the sisters. Yes. Um, and I think he's finally starting to trust Siobhan. Because I think in the early seasons, 
he was with Sarah and not a complete trust of Siobhan, but I think he trusts her now. He trusts her more than Sarah does. Yes. But I feel like Sarah uh, will come back around. She'll get there. Um, But I like Felix testing Gracie. Mm -hmm. I sleep with men. I'm not an idiot. Well, I thought that, I don't know, I thought thought she's been as sheltered as it seems she'd been sheltered. That would have been more shocking to her. Um, I, wasn't, I don't I, know. It, Fee is pretty flamboyant. Uh, I feel and, like you know, she's trying to be not Felician, so the rebellion would make her try to accept that more quickly. But I feel like she, on the inside, is having some kind of ba- battle about it because she needs to be deprogrammed, obviously. And I think they were doing a good job with Mai Tais. <laughs> or, or gin and juice, because, good Lord, how much more... I, Chav, I think is the right word, but ghetto British, can you be really gin and juice? <laughs> but leave it to Mrs. S to only have gin in the house. Uh, but yeah, um, I love Gracie just pounding it and wearing one of Sarah's uh, trashier outfits. Also rebellion there. Like, we're going to go out yeah. the exact opposite of what I've been raised with. And I identified with that strongly because part of the PTSD thing that I mentioned was from really religious people. So as soon as I got out into college, it's like, I'm going to do whatever I want. And that's part of why I watched Orphan Black because my parents hate it. <laughs> no, I, I understand. I went to Catholic school for three years um, and I was pulled out in the middle of third grade, like literally in the middle of the day, pulled out drove by the public school I was going to start going to. And my mom went, you're going to go to that public school tomorrow. And the next day it was, it was fall. So it was pretty cold. Um, I wore a very, I wore a skirt uh, with no tights, um, a tie dyed t-shirt. I cut my hair off. I had different earrings in each ear. All of my nails were painted a different color. <laughs> like, and that was when I was eight. I did as much as I could to not be like everybody else. So I understand the rebelling of having to be like everybody else. Um, Response to alcohol was actually incredibly painfully accurate. Yes. (laughs) I love alcohol, and then even if she hadn't gotten sick like that, she would have gotten sick the other way. Oh, she would have been puking. That's what I thought was happening at first, and Mrs. S just had this look on her face like, and here we go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I loved watching uh, Siobhan and Felix trying to teach her how to dance. Uh-huh. I just... Especially Felix and Mrs. S. What are you doing, Felix? What? That's how I dance. Like, Come I on, Mom. Don't, embar- don't embarrass have, like, me in front of the new girl. <laughs> like, I didn't have any real feelings towards Gracie, really. Like, I sort of didn't dislike her, but didn't like her like her. But then in this episode, I just... I completely understand this character, and I love her, and please do not kill this one. Right? I just, I want to protect her and just hug her. I'm having the same feelings that Siobhan is having. I just want to cuddle her and keep her safe. I want her and Helena to, like, be a team. Oh, yeah. No, if she ever sees Helena again, I think they will be. Because even though she kind of thinks Helena's an abomination she still feels gratitude for Helena for getting her out of there. Mm-hmm. And so I think that if she ever sees Helena again, she will be on Helena's side. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, um, 
I started loving Gracie when she started talking back to her dad. Because mm-hmm. I have a thing for rebels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, just, I thought that was a defining moment for Gracie because when I was growing up, I just couldn't, I, you could not talk back to my stepfather. And I just, I looked at that Gracie and I was like, hell yeah, you, you tell him what's what. You don't let him bring you down, sister. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was the same sort of thing in Buffy with the episode Ted. Like, when she oh, yeah. Uh, hate Ted, but that episode just, she got to kill the evil robot. It was good. <laughs> It was good, and, like, not to speak of the dead, but I never liked John Ritter. <laughs> uh, like, he always just kind of vaguely bugged me, and I don't know why. I still don't know why, but anytime I watch Three's Company, I'm just kind of vaguely irritated at him the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that he shows up in Buffy, and then when he did, I was like, oh, yes! Finally, he's the bad guy. I can actually hate, outright hate him for an episode. Oh, God. Like, I have a, I'm going to be making a YouTube video about the episode soon with just my entire feelings on it because it was just so much my life and so much. This is what I would have wanted to do. Just, it's going to be, it's going to be a whole, like, 20-minute conversation, probably. I just have so much there. Perfect. Um, but, yeah, so... Janice, what are your thoughts on Gracie in this episode? Um, uh, oh, I don't know. I, I thought she was, like I said, I thought they were pushing pushing acceptance a little bit too much. Or pushing, um, you know, she's been so sheltered, I felt like maybe this is a little much for one episode, but I can see, like, time-wise, maybe they felt like they had to, they had to compress this. One of the things I really loved was, was Mrs. S's reaction when she, when Gracie comes down the stairs in that outfit. And, and she doesn't, Mrs. S doesn't like overreact. She says, uh, you know, something wrong, chicken? <laughs> just, <laughs> because it's just so stiff, so strange. Yeah, I, uh, and she's just like, okay, chicken. And then Felix, she also has the mom thing of, I'm not going to let you out of this house. Yeah, like, yeah, we need a plan. Like you're not, yeah, you're you're not mine, but I'm still not letting you out of the house like this. Where Felix is just like, I don't know, she can do it. I think it was kind <laughs> of Felix. amazing that Gracie, you know, Gracie came out of the room in that in that outfit, and she was like completely, you know, I'm ready to do this. She wasn't like, I'm gonna try to like hide myself under this because that's honestly, I've been in that position where I've been dressed kind of skimpily, and I had to like be a little bit more, you know, kind of embarrassed for myself. But she loved it. She was just, she was ready. She was excited to not be in a long denim skirt with tights underneath. Oh, my God. And can I, for right now, I want an answer. Anybody who is listening, please help me answer this question. What is it with Christian fundamentalist sex and denim? What is that about? It's long denim skirts. It's weird denim dresses. Oh, don't talk to me about denim dresses. God, I grew up in them. (laughs) So what is it? Why the denim? (laughs) I tried to ask that because I started watching more TV with this kind of stuff. And then I was like, they're all wearing denim too. And that's like, what what is this? Like nobody, I guess it's a really conservative coverall kind of thing. I don't know. But it's denim. It's always denim. 
Is it, is it because denim is 100% cotton, and so there's no, like, mixing of materials or whatever? Maybe you know, it's just a steady, maybe steady it's, fabric. Maybe it started that I mean, way, Oh, I just... Oh, um, in Leviticus, one of the laws is uh, you can't wear clothing that's made of two materials. I don't remember exactly how it's worded. Uh, but it's, it's one of the, like, 600 laws that you can be stoned for if you wear a mixed material clothing. Mm-hmm. So denim is 100% cotton, at least if you're wearing actual denim and not the weird lycra stretch shit that's everywhere now. Um, and so I'm wondering if it's because it's a, a singular, it's not blended fabric, um, sure. if that's part um, of it. So it's heavy, I, I, and it could be worn with a cotton blouse or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Liz, I'm oh. having this art moment. How is it that you know this stuff? <laughs> I, 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 I grew up Catholic. And what does that have to do with denim? Oh, uh, oh, how, oh, then I know that denim's 100% cotton? Well, no, that cotton, no, that the cotton, the, because it's 100%, you can't mix fabric and the, the you know, the, the. Oh, that's just, that's in the Bible, and I grew up in a religion that reads that stuff, and I also have taken a lot of humanities courses on different religions, and you tend to learn about their laws, and that's one of the weird laws that people, when people say, oh, you know, being gay is a sin, it's in Leviticus, the you can't wear mixed blended clothing yes. is also, is yeah, is one of the, like, rebuttals. Like, well, you have to sell your daughter into slavery, and you have to sacrifice a bull on the Sabbath cause, and burn it because God finds the smell pleasing. So should we all be doing that? Like, it's just one of the, it's one of the common rebuttals for why uh, the law against being gay is not really in the Bible anymore and being stupid. Mm-hmm. I just know lots of things, Janice. I am Captain Random Knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I know about it because, you know, they're always talking about the gay thing and that, that it's in the Bible, like you were just saying. And so everybody always looks like, well, then can we kill people for wearing mixed fabric and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Having sex inside uh, of marriage. Yeah, right. Like religious people don't want to do that anyway, but it used to be something you actually got stoned for. Yeah. And I know a lot of Catholics don't want to use birth control. That's also a thing. Yes. I have a lot of Catholic friends who have a lot of children. Kids, yeah. Yeah, I grew Uh up with a Catholic family down the street from me that tried to get me stoned for being a witch once. It was great. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Tennessee, man, am I right? (laughs) You're not joking, are you? I'm not. Nope, small town. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like 12. Oh my god. Yeah, Lynette, I I I found another one for for us to adopt. Oh good. <laughs> good cuz we we really need more. We need more chickens. Yeah. We we haven't adopted <laughs> enough people, so No, we haven't. I don't think so. No, we haven't. No, and seriously, Ginger, Lynette and I adopt <laughs> straight people, so you you you're part of it now. You've been adopted. Awesome. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so random Bible knowledge mm-hmm. and also getting married in a, in a Catholic church, you kind of have to go through classes and stuff. And yeah, here's the other thing that I always bring up. Like you're not allowed to 
marry a divorced person because that's considered adultery in the Bible. So right, yes. All these Which Christian videos with seven wives. Yeah, yeah. Which means that like a lot of the people I know uh-huh. aren't technically married if they follow the actual law, <laughs> but most of them just kind of go, "Oh well, you know, I'm divorced and married to a divorced person, so I'm just not going to talk." Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. hooray! But yeah, so. Hold on just one second. I'm going to mute because I have to cough. Mm-hmm. It cannot decide here whether it wants to be fall or spring. <laughs> and it's been cloudy and overcasty and foggy, which I really, really like. But it's also trying really hard to rain and not doing a really successful job of it. So the oh. barometric pressure, pressure just keeps changing. Like throughout the day, it's just going up and down. And my poor head is just freaking out oh poor thing (sighs) but um so Cosima and her date I really do like Cassinia Solo like I watched a little bit of Lost Girl and figured out it wasn't really my thing but I really liked Kenzie like I thought she was adorable she's my type the little sidekick thing (laughs) with the one-liners and I love Cassinia Solo I thought she was beautiful and I like I liked Shay a lot, and I saw somebody on Tumblr wishing that Shay could have been a person of color, and I sort of agree with that, just because we need more of those and positive sort of roles on television right now. Because we, like, if you watch The Hundred, they're having a serious problem with the killing off people of color, and Agents of Shield is doing the same thing. Yes, they are, and it's bugging me. It's bugging yeah, me I so thought. much. Like they had to kill off Sierra. <laughs> I keep calling her Sierra in my head. I'm sorry. I, that's what I keep calling her, too. Yeah. Or it's just a jumble of trying to actually pronounce her name. Yeah, I think it's Deechen Lockman, but I'm not sure. I, yeah, I think so, too. But, yeah, no, I'm getting I'm getting a little frustrated with S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, but and I, the last season felt like sort of a filler. I just, it did, no. but I think... Yeah, we could have a whole conversation about Shield. But yes, um, I do agree that it would have been cool if Kasima's uh, date had been a person of color. But yeah. I really like this character. Yeah, so I'm conflicted. Uh, yeah, I don't. Well, I'm. I'm sorry, you guys. I don't like her. I no. Uh-huh. no. So, do you think why Why don't you like her? First of all, I don't think she. I think she's bad news. I think she's trouble. I think she's a plant. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then. Yeah, and I love Delphine in that, and Delphine didn't leave her because she was mad. Delphine left her because she had to, and I, this person is self-serving, and I can tell she is, you know, you know what I mean? But she's but she's really pretty. Well, who cares, you know? <laughs> I, you she know, doesn't that's seem trustworthy. You, you know what? That's not what draws me to people to begin with. I mean, to me, people are pretty for different reasons. She's Sure, she's right. cute, but, you know, a lot of people are cute. That doesn't mean she's a good person, <laughs> you know? Which yeah, is more important like, to me. I feel like there's more to Shay, you know. I just I, yeah. Oh, there's there's definitely more to her. Um, I liked it when and I, she was quoting that thing at Kasima. I can't remember what it was now. It just flew out of my head. But what it was that she said to her there about forgetting being hard or long or whatever. Yeah. I, I, oh, I loving is that. quick. Forgetting is hard. That's it. Is that it? I, yeah. I liked that she asked Kasima if she wanted her to go or wanted her to stay. Because, you know, she wasn't forcing herself on Kasima. 
which yeah, yeah, I argue that, that yeah. she's really trying to in, get herself in there and you know be a plant. Yeah. But at the same time, I like that she asks. Yeah, and I mean it 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 leads more credibility to her being a plant because there was someone watching them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I still think the character is at least going to be fun to watch, and she's going to play her role very well. And I'm not getting the feeling from her that this is one of those things where they're going to be, like, teasing us with the, like, you know, sometimes when you're watching or reading something and they'll put in a third person just to mess with the dynamic of the relationship and make you think that the other one's not going to happen anymore? Like, they're not, I don't feel like they're not doing that because I feel like Kofi is still kind of in-game there. I feel like this is just somebody to tide by Kasima and further the plot for her while mm-hmm. everything else is going on with Delphine. Yeah, I do think it's just a plot filler. While Delphine's seems to be getting better, uh, there's not a lot that they can do right now at Dyad. And so I think that it is just a plot filler for her. But it's nice to have Kasima airtime. So who do you think is taking pictures of them? Um... Part of me wants to say Delphine. That's what I wanted to say, too, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Pin straight hair, just snapping pictures. But, yeah. Um, or it could be the paparazzi just catching on to Cosima being amazing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> she could just have, like, a weird stalker. But it's probably somebody in Dyad. Or Scott. Okay. <laughs> Or Scott? <laughs> oh, I don't think Scooter's that I don't think creepy. Scott, but I think it would be funny. That would be funny. Um, I don't think Scooter's that creepy. No, I think he's really gotten better. Like, in the beginning, I was like, no, but now, you know, Scott's Yeah. <laughs> I, li- I like Scott. Um, so, did we cover everything? Well, what, um, uh, one of the things... Go ahead. That doesn't... I was just going to say, everybody, we're halfway through this season. That means we only have five weeks left, and then we have the summer off. So I don't know if we're going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I don't know what we're going to do. I know. It's going to be a long year. I know it. I know it. At least I have this summer because I'm working with this teen production of a play downtown, and it, it's really helpful that I'll get to do that for the summer and, like, work with these kids, but I don't know what I'm going to do the rest of the year waiting for Orphan Black. Just, no. I'm going to tr- I'm gonna turn into one of those weird hiatus fans on Tumblr. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it's excited gonna... for the files to come back. Like, every time someone says hiatus, I'm like, yeah, Sherlock fandom needs to shut up about a hiatus. X-Files has been <laughs> waiting forever now. <laughs> Yeah. Right? <laughs> oh, X-Files. Nope. Campy, campy goodness. Oh, yeah. Campy I grew goodness. up with it. I have the comic books. I have I have a poster. I have the magazines with the little insiders. And I have the trading cards. I'm the X-Files. <laughs> my, my dad watched the X-Files. My dad has always tried to claim that he is not a nerd. But he watched Buffy, he watched Firefly, he watched Angel, he watched Dollhouse, he watched Sarah Connor Chronicles, two <laughs> Star Treks, Battlestar Galactica, X-Files all the way through. Um, I've never seen my dad more pissed off than when Firefly was canceled. <laughs> uh, like, seriously, for like a solid month, just 
under his breath. So just potential. If you've seen the movie, then you know how much potential that show had. And so, uh, and then, like, my dad's always like, no, I'm not really a nerd. <laughs> and then I, t- I took him to a Comic-Con, and he was almost as excited as I was. It was hilarious. I was like, yeah, no, you're not a nerd. I didn't get this from anybody. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so. It has to be cool being a second-generation nerd, though. It's exciting. <laughs> I was a first-generation nerd, so. <laughs> my husband is definitely first-generation nerd. <laughs> so it's uh it's fun watching him talk to my dad and get excited about old nerdy stuff but anyway <laughs> so many tangents um <laughs> so um we have to talk about mrs s's husband yes yeah. oh, that was the thing and before we get into that my hearing is so bad. What was she saying to Felix about before she got him and stuff? We can do that after we talk about the husband. But I couldn't hear that. What? I'm not sure what it was you couldn't hear. Well, she she said, remember how you were when you when I first got you when she was talking about. Do you remember that? Oh, you were you were you were six year old and a budding delinquent. You mean about oh, Felix? Oh, okay. Yeah, I couldn't hear what she said. Yeah, she said you were six years old and already a budding delinquent. Oh, okay. Okay, thank you. That's adorable. And it I is. feel like that's high praise from Beth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Heart, so I think she kind of loved that. That yeah. she raised did grow up to be, even if they didn't get any of the politics, they got that rebel attitude. Yeah, I think that she really appreciates, appreciates their rebel attitude. Um, so, yeah, uh, John died, Mr. S. So, does anyone have any ideas who killed him? Siobhan. That's what I thought. Yeah. Could be. Yeah, because, uh, it was, because it was a garden shears, not a, not a you know, switchblade or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He was a beautiful rebel and a beautiful drunk, and one day he pissed off the wrong person. Yeah. The wrong person. <laughs> yeah. Siobhan. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm pretty. And do you I'm think it was the thing sure. like Siobhan killed him because she he was she was pissed off or was he coming at her? She was pissed off because he was coming at her. Okay. He got he got drunk and was being an abusive dick, and she took shears to his head. Because I hate imagining Siobhan being in an abusive relationship. I just she got beat up so bad this season, and it just it killed me. And I think that's part of why it killed her so bad, is because I think. John was abusive and she decided to end it because she was a little punk rocker and didn't put up with that kind of shit. But and she still loved him. Because sometimes yeah. you still love the people who do that to you. Yes. And I you think that I think that going through that is what got her into hiding children. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, really I don't, why I'm working I, with these kids right now because I... I know that if I had had somebody around, like somebody maybe a little bit older who could have been there to listen to me, then things would have been different. So I want to work with these children at this age to try to, you know, be someone who can be there for them. That is exactly why I want to work with teenagers, too, because a lot of my friends didn't have that and went down really bad paths. And I'd like to prevent that. Mm hmm. And I feel like theater is the safest place you can be, so this is it's just the best thing. Definitely. Um, and that's really awesome. 
but yeah, I do like getting little pieces of uh, Siobhan's backstory. She is fantastic. She's a closed book, and so it's always a treat to know what she's thinking about. Any- yeah. Um, and especially Felix was like, I didn't know this. Which means that Felix knew she was married before. Well, she's, she's, knew- she's called Mrs. S. I mean, unless you thought that, presumably she had gotten married. Yeah, but Felix didn't seem to know Mr. S. Right. So yeah. um, I kind of always took it as um like a respect thing oh like she like she was too old to call be called ms s or miss s so you know she was mom age so it was mrs s it's kind of interesting that she confessed this to gracie because i feel like she saw something in gracie that she felt that she needed to tell this to her and it just you know, it never would have come out with Sarah or Felix because they didn't need to know, but Gracie needed to hear that, and so she opened up. I think Gracie needed to see that somebody on the outside can go through that kind of pain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that was that was really interesting. And I just love how Mrs. S. just adopts anybody who walks through the door. They just become her little chickens, and she takes care of them. Yep. People in pain often like helping people in pain. Yes. So I want to know whether, uh, Liz, you threw the uh, your book or your notebook at the television when Paul came in. No. No. Because uh, I was expecting him, and he seemed really upset that Sarah was there. What other uh, response did he think, honestly, was going to come from Sarah? Like, Sarah was like, not going to stop. Oh, my hero! Yeah, yeah. I don't... I don't know. Uh, but I really do think Paul cares about Sarah. Oh, yeah. There was definitely... Um, and I am... Feeling. I am a... I'm still positive that there is something weird about these girls, these women, that causes people to love them. Some people Uh, have that energy about them that attracts other people. Which either they, they clone somebody like that on purpose, or it's something that they kind of fiddled with in the DNA because all of the Lita girls are immediately taken in, loved, and cared for. Like, everybody who meets them just has to love them. And I think it's really interesting. I think it's interesting that with that, that uh, Sarah would rebel against that when first meeting Helena. Well, Helena did try and shoot her in the head. Helena did try to shoot her in the head, but I think it's it's interesting because she comes in and meets Cosima and Allison, and they sort of just, they're instantly a unit. But Helena, uh, Sarah is always trying to pretend like she doesn't really care about people that much anyway. But we know that she really does. Yeah. Well, because if you don't care, then it doesn't matter when they leave. Mm-hmm. Or it doesn't matter when you take all of their money and run away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and um, you had a couple episodes ago, I think when, when uh, Rudy killed Seth, um, Liz, you were saying something like you were, you said, I won't let them do that to you. That Rudy says that to Seth. And you thought that 
there was going to be some sort of live experiment. And you were right. You were right. That's what they were doing to Parsons. That's what they were doing to Parsons, who, according to Paul, volunteered for it, which um, if if you are raised without a specific identity other than your name, and you are raised for the greater good and as a science experiment, you don't get a say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think Parsons actually had a choice in being uh, Tahiti projected. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um, that's totally what was going to happen to uh, to Seth, to Mustache Face. Um, and... I think Paul is really stupid if he thinks that Parsons actually agreed to it and that Helena just murdered him for no reason. Because Helena doesn't kill for no reason. Well, I don't know that it necessarily means that Parsons didn't volunteer. You could volunteer and then have it be so bad you want it to stop. Yeah, but I don't think Parsons could volunteer. If he was glitching, Mm -hmm. I don't really think he could make an informed, an informed dis- choice. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and so, yeah, but I think it's really important to bring up here that Helena doesn't kill for no reason. Like, we may not understand exactly why she believes that her sisters are abominations and all of that, but she had a specific reason. If she didn't kill them, she was going to be killed. She was going to be tortured. She had a reason to kill those clones. And she didn't just walk in and be like, oh, a weak caster that I can kill. Like, that's not who Helena is. She's not a murderer. She's an assassin. And that is a very distinct difference. She cares. She really does care about people. Like, uh, when she first met Kira, she didn't hand hand her over to them. She tried to send her back to Sarah. She had no idea that she was going to get hit by a car. Right, and she was devastated when she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I I know that Paul doesn't know enough about Helena, I guess, to see her as anything other than just a crazy murderer, but I hope that the viewing public gets that, because I think that that's a really important distinction about Helena. And it's interesting that you brought up the point between um, being a murderer and being an assassin because uh, if you've watched the show Nikita they sort of had the same thing with Nikita being an assassin but not wanting to hurt people. It's it's, it's a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I need to watch that. I have not watched that yet. I love it. It's all on Netflix now. So, <laughs> Yay! Okay. <laughs> More things to my list. Yeah, that's what what is that ranking on my list of favorites? That's my fifth favorite show I think right now. Okay. Um, I keep hearing good things, but I just never have time to sit yes. down and watch anything. I'll, I will warn you that the only thing that really brings it down to that level is that there aren't really any queer characters. And I just, I, I need my queer characters. <laughs> Everybody needs queer characters. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so. Let's do it. I, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. So let's start off with a favorite quote. Ginger, do you have a favorite quote from this episode? Favorite quote. Um, Well, I think that would be 
Gracie saying, I love alcohol just because it cracked me up. (laughs) (laughs) Usually something more, you know, complex, but I just, I loved it. And I love Felix's response. Yes, honey, everybody does. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Lynette? I'm going to go with Helena and uh, shut up about the butter. Oh, that was mine. We're going to stick that. <laughs> it was great. Oh, since that is the only message I got from you about this episode, I kind of figured that's what you going to Janice, do you have a backup? Um, well, my backup we've already talked about, which is like uh, Mrs. S to Gracie. Everything all right, chicken? Oh, yeah, that's perfect. Uh, my favorite quote is from Felix to Gracie, you, baby Jesus. Up the stairs. <laughs> That's a good one. Actually, I think I might change mine to that. I love it. <laughs> that is just so Felix. Uh, does anybody have any backups? Yeah, it's uh, Felix after she says she wants to do this and that and this and that. He goes, yeah, let's start with skinny dipping. Showers down the hall. <laughs> yes. That's true. Yeah. Um, all right. So, favorite scene, Ginger? Uh, definitely that whole thing before Gracie collapsed, just flailing around and having fun with Mrs. S and Felix. I I really really enjoyed that. That was really good. Yeah, uh, Lynette. My favorite scene was when Helena was breaking out. The scene before when they were passing the key or the the thingies. The, Tweezers, and then her yeah, her breaking out. That was my favorite scene. That was good. Uh, Janice? Um, my, my favorite scenes were the ones with the scorpion at the beginning. All right. Um, I have to go with uh, anything with Gracie in this episode. She really just stole this episode for me, and her coming out in the shorty shorts and the fishnet onesie oh, and yeah. the whole just... And then anywhere with my ties. <laughs> like, honey, you're 18. You're not going to get anywhere with my ties. Um, do they have a, the same drinking age as we do in Canada? Or assuming they're in Canada anyway? Um, they've they've kind of alluded to it. Okay. Um, or I could just be crazy and making assumptions. Okay. Um, so, favorite... Clone and favorite non-clone, and this is so Tatiana Maslany doesn't win favorite character every week. So Ginger, favorite clone and non-clone. Uh, favorite clone. Um, I really, really liked Sarah in this episode. Like usually, you know, I, I love Sarah and I love Helena, and usually I pick Helena as my favorite clone. But I, I just Sarah broke my heart when she was talking about Kira and why she left her with Mrs. S. And I just, I loved her. And I think I'm going to have to go with Gracie as my favorite non-clone. Mrs. S in a short second. And uh, third probably would be uh, Shay, because I just, I, I think there's more to Shay. Okay. Uh, Lynette? I'm going to go with Helena is my favorite clone. And because she had really, really terrific lines. And I'm going to go with Gracie as my non-clone, because she was a lot of fun. All right, uh, Janice? I'm going to go with Helena as my favorite clone and the scorpion as my favorite non-clone. Oh, all right. Very good. Um, I am going to go with uh, Gracie as my favorite non-clone, 
with Mrs. S being a really close second. Uh, but Mrs. S is almost always a really close second for my favorite non-clone character. Um, and my favorite clone is going to be Mark. Because he is really feeling sad about Gracie. And I, I really hope we get to explore that. Um, and his feelings of wanting to be out of... Because I think that they were drawing parallels between Gracie um, always having her doubts about the Polytheans. And Mark having his doubts about Caster. Yeah. And so um, I really hope that that gets to play out in some way. All right. So rating one to ten, uh, Gracie. Gracie? Ginger. Uh, <laughs> sorry. That's been happening in my head for this entire hour. Well, you know, we're very similar. <laughs> um, I think I'll give it 8.5 out of 10 my ties. Very nice. Just because, you know, I I didn't like Helena leaving Sarah. Okay. Uh Lynette. I'm going to I actually really like the episode and I have a theory that uh this is going to be one of those things that really bonds Helena and Sarah together because Helena is just really hiding out until she can get Sarah out of there. That's my theory. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. Okay. But um yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It it, it it got back to more normal what we think, and it was pretty interesting. So I'm going to give it a 9.5. Um, they should be using clone condoms a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> clone dumbs. Clone dumbs. Janice. Yeah, I liked this episode pretty much. Uh, I, liked, I liked Helena's escape. I liked the things that happened with Gracie. Um, I was okay with Kasima and and her um, her meetup, um, but I, I still it still really bothers me about um, the, the, the the how they're how they're not taking care of Helena and Sarah. That just doesn't make any sense. Um, so I'm going to give this seven and a half um, out of ten betrayed sestros. Oh, very okay. good. Um, so I like this episode a whole hell of a lot more than last week. Yes. Yes. Um, and I'm going to, there were still some problems with it, and I still think we're going to see much better stuff in the next coming weeks. So I'm going to go ahead and give it an 8.5 out of 10 borrowed fishnet stockings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Janice, feedback. Feedback. Okay. This is from Nitsha. Wow. Okay. Kasima, I don't get the dating thing for her. I know she's reaching out for comfort, but it feels hollow for me. Plus, hello, she is in need of a new monitor. Gracie going wild. Oh, that's so sad. She's just a kid, really. But the eye thing, dang. I assumed the old guy poisoned her, but sleeping with the mark-faced boys is bio-warfare. That's crazy. Also, I think Mrs. S is the one who put those gardening shears into Mr. Sadler. Notice she was very vague uh-huh. on the details. Uh-huh. <laughs> Helena and Sarah. I think ultimately Helena made the right decision. She can't help Sarah until she is in a strong position. The two of them would never have gotten out together. But now she can come back, and I think she will. Would you shut up about the butter? <laughs> I, think, I think Paul didn't know what was really happening with Parsons. And I think he'll ultimately end up dismantling Castor from the inside out. 
The logbooks are super creepy, too. Missed Allison this week. So Nutty pretty much was right there with us on yes. a lot of our points for this episode. So way to go, Nutty. You're like part of the team here. Um, and I will say that uh, even though Shane didn't send any actual feedback, uh, he started texting me last week. I'm finally going to sit down and, and, and watch the episode. I haven't watched it yet. Okay, let me know when you when you listen to the episode. Okay. Oh, I didn't get to listen to the episode. I'll listen to it tomorrow. Okay, just, yeah, that's, you know, whenever you get to it. I can't believe you guys hated it. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently our Shane was quite fond of the episode. Really? <laughs> and I just haven't had time to talk to him about why he was so fond of it yet. But he loved the episode, thought it was fantastic, and was so surprised that we hated it so much. Um, so, uh, Shane, we liked this episode much better. Um, so I believe that's it for this week, guys. Um, I have one more thing. Yes. Uh, I had this random thought yesterday that I really want to see Gracie and all of the clones and Mrs. S and Felix go to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was so fun. That would be like the ultimate rebellion for Gracie. And I feel like Mrs. S probably took Sarah and Felix at some point. And Helena could be Rack. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, now I'm just going to... Oh, I'm going to be thinking about this all night. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that brain worm there, Ginger. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> all right. So next week, uh, Season 3, Episode 6, Certain Agony of the Battlefield... With my Sestra, Sandra. Yay. Yay. Um, all right. So that's it for this week. And we will see you all next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Ginger. And thank you, Ginger.